I'd give you a hug, but I don't get to do that anymore. Okay. Uh, first of all, sunrise service. Remember, uh, next week, you can't go to the beach, unfortunately, this year. And we've been doing this for 22 years, ever since I've been here. Going to the beach at sunrise down in Idlewood Park. And we're, but here's what's going to happen is John Batman and others are going to be down there, just a skeletal crew like we're doing here, and they're going to be streaming from the beach at 6 a.m. So this may be the chance of all those people who wouldn't normally get up early enough to get there to actually see what that sunrise is about, because I got to tell you, it's the most beautiful setting, the most wonderful thing. Absolutely love it. Hey, can we just dim just a slight bit right here? Or are we going to, if that's going to cause a problem, don't worry about it, but I'm pretty blinded in the eyes. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's it. Great. Thank you. All right. So um, I think we're good. I think we're, we'll be streaming from here next week, uh, just like we have been. So I think we're good. We can go ahead and start the sermon, start the clock. Thank you, guys. Uh, here's what I want to say. I want to say the same thing that everybody who stood up here and talked to this room and this situation since we started it. And this is different. And I do want to say that wherever you are, I hope that you are safe. I hope that you are well I hope that you are not only surviving what is happening right now, but that you are beginning to thrive. Because God says he works all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. And that means that even in this moment, even with all the changes, even with everything, God is doing a work which if we will look for it, we will see. And when we see, we will come into a blessing no matter what else is happening in the world. And this week is a week that is supposed to be pretty difficult, but in Jesus' holy and precious name, we just come before you, Lord, right now, and we say, do not let that happen, Lord. We don't care that experts were wrong. We only care that you heal. In Jesus' holy and precious name, heal. And don't let so many people die, and don't let anybody die. And let it be a miracle, and let it speak to the care that a loving God has for his and so in Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray for this, we ask for this, but we also stand in the authority that we have been given to do precisely this, and all who came to him were healed. And so we say in Jesus' holy and precious name, heal this land, heal these people. In Jesus' holy and precious name, take this scourge from us. And in Jesus' holy and precious name, God, do so in a way where people give you glory. All glory, where people come to know you, where people come to know your amazing love and your ability to do exactly those kinds of things. In Jesus' holy and most magnificent name, thank you, Lord. So with that, now I'm headed into the other part of what's different today. And what's different today for me, and I suppose I hope for Lake Sam, is that this is, this is, this is a, in, in TV where they say, this is the final episode before, you know, the season ender. <laughs> so this is the final episode. Season ender is next week, is Easter. But I just want to show you something here uh, that's important, okay? And that is April 5th today is the last time that it's just the Lake Sam fam. Now, I know people are joining us. I've already seen some texts and everything else, and Aaron, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and your beautiful wife. Uh, but, you know, hi to people who are streaming in, obviously, from other places. But today is the day that when we were planning on this months ago, figuring out what to do, what the Lord would have us do, this was the day that was meant to be Lake Sam Fam. 
the people who have been going here, the people who have been being discipled by the Lord here, the people who are on journey together. And we were gonna do a, a big time out, out in the lobby with food and everything else afterwards and lots of hugs because, you know, me and hugs. So we had all of that planned. And of course, you know, you wanna make God laugh, show him your plans. So there you go. So this is still though, nonetheless, this is a Lake Sam message. It's not anybody can listen and please do, it's just a sermon, but it's also a sermon to the Lake Sam fam in particular from my heart. Now, having said that though, let me just show you what happens. April 12th, Easter, next week, that's my last sermon. It'll be from right here and that'll be it, okay? And then Julie and I are done and there we go. Now what we had planned, by the way, this week, I kind of had in my heart that it would be a lot about us and there would be some me in there and so on. Whereas I didn't want to do that next week because next week Easter needs to be all about Jesus, right? So that's why we're doing it this week and knowing that we would have other people joining us on Easter as we always do. But having said that, then what we were going to do was on the 19th, we were going to have a big celebration and get together and everybody was going to come in. And literally a lot of people have been telling me, even my brothers, for example, that told me last week they had to cancel their flights because they were to surprise me. They were gonna show up on church on Sunday being here. And it wasn't just them. It was, I'm, see, I'm, whoever, whoever had the pool on when I would cry, this is it, okay? <laughs> so you win uh, because I just, I just so wanted that time, you know, of people coming in and it's the people from out of town and the people from in town that are still very much a part of our family and love it and so on. And it would just, everybody would come together and we would hug each other. Here's what I wanted to do on that day. Here was, because somebody has said, well, just do that later. Just reschedule and come back and do it. And I just want to say the moment, but really what I wanted was, is I wanted to be able to walk up to somebody and grab them by the shoulders, the first thing you're not allowed to do now, and you won't be allowed to do it for a long time. Okay, I wanted to grab them by the shoulders and look into their eyes and have them know that when I said I love you, that I meant it with all my heart. And then I wanted to give him a Kurt Brunk hug. <laughs> because as a friend of mine said, he said, I, he, he suggested, he said, well, just do it later. And I said, you know, my, my goal was in the moment when it's really there, to be able to hug people. And he said, yeah, he said, it's true. He said, having a farewell with you not being able to hug people is an oxymoron. <laughs> Those two things just don't go together and they don't. So instead, what we will be doing on the 19th is that'll be the first weekend with Dave Edler. And he'll be right here and preaching from here or maybe from Wenatchee, but, uh, but I mean Yakima, but he'll be preaching that service. So I'm really looking forward to that. He's been talking to staff already. Staff is already getting to know what I already knew, which is this is a wonderful man. Uh, there are some people that are trickling up now in terms of pastors and so on, and some names are coming forward. So things are moving, okay? So with all of that, that's the sort of housekeeping, but I wanna go back now to this idea that April 5th today is the last time with just the family. And if I had to say what's on my heart, and I could make this a really short sermon. Obviously, the thing that I want to say is, I love you. Everything I've got, everything that's in me, I love you. Period. I do want to say, there's a little bit more of a sermon that God gave me, so I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. 
But if you don't hear this through the whole thing, then you're not getting it because that's what everything that I'm about to do is all about. This sermon, and God gave me this thought of what this sermon should be and was supposed to be was my love letter to you. That's what it feels like. That's what it is. That's what we're going to be doing. So with that, do we have a handheld mic and who's going to pray? You know what? I got it. Let's have Julie pray. And I want to say something about Julie. If you don't know her, you really get to me to know her. She's the most fantastic person ever. And this is the most perfect person to ever speak, to ever pray for any sermon ever in the history of the world. It could have been more perfect. It could have been more unbelievable. It's amazing and fantastic and glorious that Julie should be the one who was chosen to pray for this sermon. Now, I'm saying that because everybody's been making fun of me for that. And I want to tell you that not too long from now, somebody's going to introduce a sermon and then nobody's going to do that. And you're going to miss this. <laughs> okay, so pray for the servant, honey. Thank you. Lord Jesus, we just praise you and thank you. We thank you, Father, that you dwell in and amongst us. We thank you, Father, for sending the Holy Spirit. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that there is no vacancy in the Trinity. We praise you, Lord, that today you're going to speak through Curtis. We want to hear your heart through his message. And Lord, I just pray for all the churches on Palm Sunday that are getting ready to just continue to bring Jesus home to people. Lord, anoint every sermon throughout all the world and let people hear Jesus. Let you, Holy Spirit, just cause them to fall on their faces and proclaim that you are King and Lord. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I told you she was the perfect person to do that. Okay, so I'm on my walk. Weeks ago, God gave me one thought that is gonna be at the very end of this sermon, and I didn't know if that was supposed to be the whole sermon or what, it didn't feel like it was the whole sermon. It felt like it was something more. But for weeks, I've been praying about what did you want to say? What do you want to say to us, Lord? It's never what do you want me to say. It's always for me, what do you want to say, Lord? And then I'm just supposed to do that. And so I was asking, what do you want to say? What do you want to say? What do you want to say? And then it gets to this week, and then Monday goes by, and I, I just feel like there's supposed to be something else, but I don't get it. But I'm not feeling worried. I'm not stressed about it at all. I feel like, no, the Lord is telling me it's okay, and just keep seeking me, but it's okay. I got it. And so Tuesday goes by, and once again, and then Wednesday goes by, and Julie asked me, what do you think about the sermon? I said, well, the one part that I've got is really good and really important, and I totally get where it's the Lord, but I don't know that it's the end of it. It feels like there's still something more, but here it is Wednesday, and I'm never not knowing what it is God's wanting to do by Wednesday, because I've already done a whole lot of other stuff. And so sure enough, on Thursday morning, I go out for my walk, and I'm just asking him, you know, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And then the Lord does a really cool thing. He quickens to me and he says, you know, here's your situation. Your situation is that you've been here for quite a while, that God has done, I have done a number of things and I've made quite a bit of difference in people's lives. It's quite a thing that has happened, but now you're gonna be gone. And this last sermon, the weight that's on your shoulders is this thing that I talk about all the time, which is the thing that God wants ringing in our ears. How do you sum up 22 years, which is what I'm trying to do right now, how do you sum up what it was all about 
but not just put a cap on it. The idea is sum it up in a way that it points clearly to what God wants to do next. And that I'm not supposed to be in there. That he's got a thing that he wants to do that goes beyond me, right? So it's do this thing of summing it up, putting a bow on it, and then pointing it in the right direction and letting it go and become the new thing that God wants to make it when and how he wants to do it. You get it? So that's what this sermon is. And so I'm thinking that in my mind. And I'm thinking that's what this is supposed to be about. That's what I'm supposed to do. And then the Lord, it's almost comical that I didn't get it earlier. But, but what he does is he quickens me and he says, you know, there was another person on earth that had a moment right before he was about to leave that he spent some time with his fam, the, the, the people that were around him. And then they spent a little time and then he said some words to them. And that those words were what he meant to sum up, put a bow on what had happened, but as much or more so, point people to what was going to happen because of that and then what would happen going forward. The beautiful thing that was coming. And so not to sorrow about him leaving, but to glory about what he's bringing, what's going to happen. You see it? Now, of course, who I'm talking about is Jesus, and let's make one thing really clear. I'm not Jesus. But let's make something other also just as clear, because it's super important. I am a reflection of him. I would hope that when you look at me, you see a lot of him. He said, when we looked at him, he said, you see me, you see the Father. I would hope that when you look at me, you see Jesus. Now, I know you see Kurt and Jesus. Jesus was much better at getting just God to be known, just the Father, right? So there's a lot of Kurt in me, and so that comes through too, but I'm hoping that there has also been a lot of Jesus that shows through. And so I don't mean to, in any way, shape, or form, steal from the glory that is rightly and only God's. But at the same time, what he did to me was, is he said, I want you to just read my last talk, my last words to the disciples whom I loved, who, by the way, went out and changed the whole world. I want you to just read those words to people. And I want them, people to bathe in them and to soak in them. Now, there's a couple things about this that are interesting, and I'm going to do it quickly because I want to get to this thing I'm so excited about, about you hearing what Jesus did. The first thing is, it's the, from the book of John, of course. This is what we call the last discourse. It starts in John 13. It goes through 17. This, of course, is the verses. Our church motto is one with God and one another the world may know. That comes, that's what we've always, has always driven us from the beginning. We change it to love God and others, uh, change the world, love God, love others, change the world. But that was the same thing as one with God and one another. But for the whole time that I've been here, that's been the mantra. And this comes from this passage. But it's not just this passage, it's John. I love John more than I love anybody else in scripture. And I don't know if you're supposed to say that or not, but other than Jesus, of course, John's the one I love. And the reason why I love him is because he's the one that showed me what God's love really was. John is literally the guy who took a word that was very seldom used. There were lots of words for love in the world at that point in time. The two that people are most familiar with are eros, 
which we get the word erotic from, and erotic has a bad connotation, but there's supposed to be a good connotation too. A husband and a wife need to be erotically attracted to one another, right? There's, a, there's an eros love that is appropriate. And the idea behind eros is, is that the movement on eros goes, as you see something, it does something in you. So the flow is eros love comes to you. And then there was another love that's very much talked about and was very much a big word in, in the world at Jesus' time, which was philos. It's where we get the word Philadelphia from, and that's the city of brotherly love. And the idea behind philos is, is that the movement is both ways. The idea is it's a friend, and I definitely get something out of being in relationship with a friend, right? So I get something, but so do they. There's an extension of me towards, and there's an extension of the other towards me. So it's very much an exchange like this. What wasn't used was the love that was happening all about the other person. A love whose movement was only from and to without any expectation of anything back. And that's the word agape that, that John picked up on, which was this, like I say, this little used word, but it had to do with a really self-sacrificial type of love. And John turned it into a word that is the word that now the whole world thinks of when they think of real love because of what Jesus did. It just didn't exist before Jesus like it did after Jesus. It just wasn't a thing. The, the, the way that people acted, it was every once in a while you might find something, but now it's very much what everybody gets and aspires to. It's what is driving us and what motivates us and what makes us understand that there's something beyond us and that we're to pour ourselves out to that. Now, John, the youngest of the disciples, was so radically transformed by that word, that idea, that when he's referring to himself, in his gospel, he never once uses his own name, ever. The way he refers to himself the whole time is in some form of the God, the one whom Jesus loved. You see how he's identifying himself? Who am I? I'm the one that Jesus loved. <laughs> who am I? It doesn't mean he didn't love other people. It just means, who are you? I'm the one that Jesus loved. That's what makes me important. That's what makes me something. Jesus loved me. This. Jesus poured himself out for me. This is who John identifies himself as, and this is what he brings out in his gospel. Now think about something here. Cool thing God's doing right here. The very first sermon I preached when I got here 22 years ago, and it's 22 years shy of just a couple of months now, in June. The very first sermon I preached was Job. I did the whole book in one day. Some of, I guess, is there, Brad, were you there? Can't, I think you were, were you? So anyway, it was Job, and it, I was going to say there'd be more people in the church that do this, but it was a really good sermon, and it made a lot of people say, if the guy's willing to preach about Job on his first time, I'm coming back for a second. And when they came back on the second time, what I did is I started a three and a half year series. I don't even know if you get to call that a series. I did three and a half years on the book of John, and the reason why was because I thought if we understood what John was saying, it would make us really good Christians. It would make our community super strong it would make us be in his image evermore. It would disciple us. And so that's what we did for three and a half years, about the same amount of time the disciples were with Jesus. We spent three and a half years in the book of John. So it's interesting to me that at the very end here, God would circle me all the way back to that moment, to that book, to that author, to that concept, because this thing we're talking about is the pinnacle of all of John. So 
I love that. But here's John and what he is. He's the one who gave us agape love, as I've been talking about, where you pour yourself out to others without thought to yourself. That's the kind of love that it is. Now, when we read this last discourse, I need you to keep in mind two primary points. There's gonna be several. There's actually sort of three movements. If I was doing a Bible project video, I'd be saying the first one, and then I would draw out a little thing for you and show you, and then I'd show you how it repeats and extends, and then it repeats and extends. So it's three times. Now think about that. Three times is what God does when he wants to make something clear. When he wants to make something solid. Three is that number of him. And so what he does is he basically repeats these themes. Now there's about five themes all together, but there's two of them that I'm gonna call your attention to because I believe that these are the ones that God wants us to put the highlight through. So when you're listening to it, listen for this. The first one is the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna say something. Last week you said something that blessed me so much. I, I, th- it was, I think it was right from the heart of God through your lips to touch me at a time that was really quite... But what you said was, you stood up here and in just a very casual way, what you said was, is, Kurt, you've taught us how to follow the Spirit. That was the exact words. Kurt, you've taught us how to follow the Spirit. And I just went, I don't know if I'd want anything else on my tombstone. <laughs> if I wanted to sum up what it was that I did, I could argue that maybe it's love, and that's the second great theme, But I feel like if you follow the Spirit, he'll teach you how to love ever deeper, which is exactly what Jesus is about to say in this last discourse. But here's the thing about the Holy Spirit. Now, you have to think one thing, right? To those disciples who didn't have the Holy Spirit yet, they were hearing about some Spirit doing something that they'd heard about way back in Genesis, right? And they'd heard about him anointing some judges and so on. But now they were hearing about not him doing all of what he'd done before, but all of this next stuff too. And it was an extension of everything that the Holy Spirit was supposed to. It was it literally, literally, before it happened, it is incomprehensible that the Holy Spirit, the most mind-bogglingly, totally beyond us, power that could ever be, the creator of everything in all the universe, in fact, of the universe itself, the one who in the second verse, God says in the first verse, and, and in the beginning, God created, and in the second verse, you see the Spirit hovering over everything that was made and creating what was formless and void into a shape, a purpose, a meaning. In the whole of the universe, from the grandest to the atomic. This is what the Holy Spirit did. This is the Holy Spirit. The the immensity of the Holy Spirit, the immensity of his power, the immensity of his abilities is completely incapable of being truly understood. And yet, when we see him and when we feel him and when we watch what he does, we begin to get a sense of, even though I can't comprehend the whole of it, everything that I'm tasting makes me want more. The creator of everything in all the universe, the universe itself, the one who formed and shaped every single thing in the entire universe into its purpose and meaning, that very same Holy Spirit is going to enter into us and make 
us a brand new being? And then he's gonna stay there? <laughs> I could see him doing a miracle and then like going back where he belongs. <laughs> and what he says is where I belong is in you. Residing in us in the most intimate way possible because he wants to be one with us. God wants to be one with us. And this is how God does that here in this world. Puts the Holy Spirit in us. It's extraordinary. So as we go through this last discourse, have that in your mind. And then secondly, love. Just listen to it over and over and over and over. I didn't count it. I probably should have. It's unbelievable how many times he will talk about this. Fully poured out for us agape love. There's these other themes like you're going to hear a lot of ask anything in, ask anything in my name and it'll be done. And there's that worldly part of us, that part of us that says, ask anything you want. Well, I want stuff. <laughs> right? But what you have to understand is every single one of those that comes, comes in the context of love. It's not whatever you want. It's whatever he in love wants for you. Ask anything that I want for you and I'm just thrilled to give it to you. Okay? How are we doing here? Okay, just about to go into it. So, my love letter to you, the words that I want to leave ringing in your ears, hearts and mind, minds are his, not mine. I just need to pause and tell you something. When God gave me to do this, I instantly saw something. I have tried to do nothing but speak his word to you, ever. I've done everything I could to get rid of myself. People who pray in the back with me every Sunday know that I say I'm a man of unclean lips and I live amongst a people of unclean lips and we need your holy coal to come and burn out of me whatever is me so that whatever you want to say can come forward purely and cleanly and can go into hearts and be planted and spring up because you're the one who plants and you're the one who waters and you're the one who grows. And that's what I pray every single time. And here it is, my last sermon, at least with the Lake Sam fam. And what the Lord has me doing is quoting him, <laughs> saying his words. And I want to tell you, that's a gift. I'm so pleased. It's so exciting to me that that's what he would give me. And I want to say something now. When we're looking at these words, there's going to be sometimes that it's going to kind of read two ways. Normally when we're reading an Old Testament or a New Testament passage, I say, go back and put yourself in their shoes so that you can experience what they experienced, Right? This time, I want you to be doing that to some degree so that you can feel the newness of what God's saying. But there is this sort of double meaning in it right now because, as I've said, not to equate myself with Jesus, but I'm leaving too. And I want you to see in this repeatedly, there's gonna be times when God's gonna say something, Jesus is going to say something, but it's true with me too. Now, let me show you what I'm talking about. Here's an example, right? I should be an echo of him, right? That's what I should be. I should be that reflected glory. So just watch these words right here. So I give you now a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. Now let me make it clear. Jesus loves you more than I ever even could. 
So obviously what I really want you to get a hold of is how much Jesus loves you and to love others as much as Jesus loved you. But I am an echo of Christ. And I don't think that it's wrong for me to say because I think that it's what he wants us to do. I'm a reflection of that. And I think you can read that as me. Read it as Jesus to get the fullness. But when we're reading this, read that Read those certain sections as me too, because I want to say to you, from me, I, give you, I don't give you a new commandment, only he can do that, but I give you a suggestion. I'm telling you to try and do something, and that is, I want you to love each other as much as I have loved you. Now, I want you to love them more than that, but I got to tell you, you see, you catch the power in it? There's like this interesting little dynamic that'll play out in it. Now, watch, pretty soon, he'll obviously go to places that are not me. Right, now here's one that's kind of both him and me, like, like that one, what, last one was, hold it. What happened there? Uh, yeah, when you demonstrate the same love that I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. Now here's the key, here's the, see those last words, true followers, don't follow me. <laughs> I'm going to Denver, okay? Don't follow me to Denver, okay? Don't follow me, but you get the drift. I don't want you to be true followers of me. I want you to be followers of Jesus. And I want you to do as, like Paul said, do as you've seen me do. But do it even better. And then, of course, we get to a verse that's all about Jesus and nothing about me at all, right? Don't worry or surrender to your fear. Believe in me. Do not believe in Kurt. Believe in Jesus. My father's house has many dwelling places. We're going to be in a pretty small condo. It doesn't have any dwelling places. It does have a spare room, come. But you get it, okay? So now I'm gonna do this. We're gonna head into this thing. I'm gonna, tell, I'm gonna warn you and tell you right now, it's long. I'm gonna be doing a few little sort of comments throughout. But really, I just want you to hear his words. And the comments I'm gonna make are only gonna to be to try and make you hear his words just a little better. I'm not trying to take any focus off to the contrary. What I'm saying is, is it's long because we're used to short. But this is what Jesus told his disciples. And this is what he's trying to tell us. So hang in there. And really try and catch so that you can bathe in what Jesus is trying to tell us right now. Here we go. So I give you now a new commandment. Love each other just as much as I have loved you. For when you demonstrate the same love I have for you by loving one another, everyone will know that you're my true followers. Don't worry or surrender, your, surrender to your fear. Right now, that's a pretty good word. Believe in me. My father's house has many dwelling places. If it were otherwise, I would tell you plainly because I go to prepare a place for you to rest. And when everything is ready, I will come back and take you to myself so that you will be where I am. I, Jesus, am the way. I am the truth. I am, the I am says, life. No one comes next to the Father except through union with me. To know me is to know my Father too. The Father is living in me, and I'm living in the Father. Even my words are not my own, but come from my Father, for he lives in me. The same thing that God's trying to do with us. 
He lives in me and performs his miracles of power through me, just like he's trying to do with us. Believe that I live believe that I live as one with my father and that my father lives as one with me. No difference, no separation. Or at least, look, if you can't do that, believe I've given you evidence because of the mighty miracles I've done. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. In fact, even greater miracles than these because I go to be with my Father and I continue to pour myself out through you to show people Him. For I will do whatever you ask me to do when you ask in my name. This is how the Son will show that the Father is what the Father is really like and bring glory to Him. It is the Father's will to move through you to touch and to change somebody else. Ask me anything in my name and I will do it for you. Loving me empowers you to obey my commands. I want to say this about 30 times until it gets home. Loving me, loving Jesus, empowers us to obey his commands. Loving me empowers you to obey. Loving me empowers you to obey. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another savior, the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit of truth who will be to you a friend just like me. And he will never leave you. I have to, he won't. The world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you will know him intimately because he will make his home in you. Just like I'm in him and he's in me, he will make his home in you and we'll live inside you. See what he's saying here? I promise that I will never leave you helpless or abandon you as orphans. I will come back to you. He'll have the Holy Spirit there and then he himself again. Soon I will leave this world and they will see me no longer. But you will see me because I will live again. I died and I've risen again. And you will come alive too. So when that day comes, you will know that I'm living in the Father and that you are one with me. Because joined with me, you rose too. For I will be living in you. Not just the Holy Spirit, me, Jesus. Those who truly love me are those who obey my commands. Whoever passionately loves me will be passionately loved by my Father. And I will passionately love you in return and will manifest my life within you. Loving me empowers you to obey my word. Hear it? He's repeating it. Loving me empowers you to get where I want you to be. And my Father will love you so deeply that we will come to you and make you our dwelling place. Not just the Holy Spirit in you, not just Jesus in you, but the Father too. No. And yet, yes. Those who don't love me, they'll not obey my words. 
The Father did not send me to speak my own revelation, but the words of my Father. I'm telling you this while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the spirit of holiness, see him coming back again? The spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name. In fact, he'll inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. And this discourse that John was able to record is the Holy Spirit doing exactly that right now. He's bringing back to John the entire discourse so that he can write it, not just so that John can read it, but, and so that people in that day can read it, but so that we 2,000 years later can read this and be moved by it, be changed by it. He will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. That's gonna happen in our lives too. I will leave the gift of peace with you that's the Holy Spirit, by the way. But, but it's a deeper thing even that. I bring him in my presence. I will leave the gift of peace with you, my peace. Not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts, even if a virus should spread. Instead, be courageous. Remember what I've told you, that I must go away but I promise to come back to you. So if you truly love me, you will be glad for me. Look, I'm returning to my father who's greater than I. I'm happy to be going back to him. So when, and I wanna say, I feel God kept quickening to me that this is Denver, this is where we come from. And we came here to do something and it feels like we are going back to him and back to the father. So when all these things happen, you will still trust and cling to Jesus. I won't speak with you much longer for the ruler of this dark world is coming, but he has no power over me. He has nothing to use against me. No sin, Jesus said, no sin. I am doing exactly what the Father destined for me to accomplish. When you see me dying on the cross, do not misunderstand this is the, God's, this is the Father's will and I am accomplishing it. I'm doing exactly what the Father destined me to accomplish so that the world will discover how much I love my Father. He didn't just pour himself out for us. He poured himself out to the Father. Now come with me. Look, I'm a true sprouting vine. The farmer who tends the vine is my Father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words that I've spoken over you have already cleansed you. So you must remain in life union with me for I remain in life union with you. Connected one just as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life, listen carefully. As a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless your life is intimately joined to mine. See, it is intimately joined to mine. Devos, anyone? Following him, anyone? Obeying him, anyone? I'm the sprouting vine. You're my branches. I'm sprouting out. You're the sprout. As you live in union with me as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you're powerless. 
If a person is separated from me, he's discarded. These branches are gathered up and thrown in the fire to be burned. But look, if you live in life union with me, one with me, and if my life live powerfully, if my words live powerfully in you, words of life that are alive, if, you, if, you, if my words live powerfully within you, then when you, you can ask whatever you desire and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are my mature disciples who glorify my Father, as did I. I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love. It's, if you keep my commands, you will live in my love as a consequence. It's not a tit for a tat. It's not an earned. It's when you live in him, when you live in his commands, it is because of love. It comes out of, as he's been saying. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love just as I have kept my father's commands for I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. That's what he's been telling us to do. My purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. Can I say, this is one of those moments that the Lord quickened me is me too. I, you, you know, those of you who know me know that I don't live in joy every single second of my life and know that I'm capable of stupid things. But the bottom line is, is I think anybody that knows me well knows something else too, and that is underneath all the stupid things is a river of living water that I live in, a joy that I live in, a thankfulness, a thanksgiving, a praise unto God that I live in because of what he is doing in my life every moment of my life. And I wanna say, my purpose for telling you these things, my purpose, Kurt Brunk's purpose for telling you these things is so that the joy that I experience and more will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. So this is my command. Look at how he's circling back. Love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. For the greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. See him extending now? This great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. Agape. You show that you are my intimate friends when you obey all that I commanded you. I've never called you servants. A master doesn't confide in his servants. And the servants don't always understand what the master is doing. I didn't call you servants. I called you most intimate friends. For I reveal to you everything that I've heard from my Father. Look, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. I've chosen and commissioned you. I've chosen you, but I've also commissioned you. So receive and then pour out. And your fruit will last because whatever you ask of my Father for my sake, he'll give it to you. The God who knows everything will do it the right way through you. So this is my parting command. Love one another deeply. <laughs> That's what I've been trying to say 22 years. Just remember when the unbelieving world hates you, they hated me first. If you were to give your allegiance to the world, they would love and welcome you as one of their own. But because you won't align yourself with the values of this world, and God help us to all do that less and less, 
they will hate you. I have chosen you and taken you out of the world to be mine. So remember what I taught you, that a servant isn't superior to his master, and that means that if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. And I will send you the Holy Spirit, who in this sense is going to be the divine encourager, having you overcome the things of the world that come against I will send you the divine encourager from the very presence of my Father. He will come to you, the Spirit of truth emanating from the Father. And he will speak to you about me. The Spirit points to Christ and Christ points to the Father. And you will tell everyone the truth about me for you have walked with me from the start. And he says that to the disciples that did that at the start of his ministry. But I want to say we've been walking with him for a long time. And we can do exactly the same thing. I have told you this so that you would not surrender to confusion or doubt after I'm gone and after things change and after things get different. But now I'm about to leave you and go back to join the one who sent me and you need to be told. Your hearts are filled with sadness because I've told you these things, but here's the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. Pause. I believe this with all of my heart. The thing that the Lord has brought home to me more deeply than anything else, the thing that has solidified that I'm supposed to be doing what we're doing in leaving is that he wants to do something else and that I'm not part of that, that I've done what I was supposed to do and now he wants to do the next thing that he wants to do and I'm not part of that. I need to be gone so that he can do it. I believe that with everything in me. He has reinforced it so many ways. It's unbelievable but now I'm about to leave you and go back to join the one who sent me and you need to be told your hearts are filled with sadness because I've told you these things but here's the truth it's to your advantage that I go away for if I don't go away the divine encourager will not be released to you Jesus had to die that the Holy Spirit that he could cleanse people so the Holy Spirit could come inside could make them new and live there and Jesus who was in one place only The Holy Spirit is in every place always. When the truth-giving Spirit comes, he will unveil the the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak his own message, just like I didn't, but only what he hears from the Father, and he will reveal prophetically to you what is to come. Jesus has been doing that with this church for 22 years. He will glorify me on the earth for he will receive from me what is mine and reveal it to you. Everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me. And that's why I say the divine encourager will receive what is mine and reveal it to you. From the Father, through the Son, through the Spirit, to you, through you. Just like a woman giving birth experiences intense labor pains and delivering her baby It's tough when somebody leaves. But after the child is born, she quickly forgets what she went through because of the overwhelming joy. So will you also pass through a time of intense sorrow when I am taken from you, but you will see me again. That's not a curt statement. You will see me again, but when you see Jesus again, joy. Then your hearts will burst with joy with no one being able to take it from you. For here's the eternal truth. 
When that time comes, you won't need to ask me for anything, but instead you'll go directly to the Father and ask him for anything you desire, and he will give it to you because of your relationship with me. In love with me, doing my commands, doing my will, God will give you everything just like he did me. Until now, you've not been bold enough to ask the Father for a single thing in my name, but now you can ask and keep on asking him. Keep going back, keep going back. And you can be sure that you'll receive what you ask for and your joy, the result of that will be joy that will have no limits. If there was a message that I could tell everybody right now, it's press in harder. That's the message, press in harder. Don't quit, keep going back, keep going back, day after day, day, week after week, month after month, year after year, keep going back, keep going back, keep going back. Here's what I can tell you from all the years that I've been doing this. The things that I had to work for the hardest are the things that made the biggest difference by far. A direct correlation. The things that came easy were experienced and were an easy thing. The things that came hard were things that made the biggest difference. When a thing is hard, it's not bad, it's an opportunity. If you press in, if you keep pressing in, it will change everything. The time is coming when I will no longer teach you with veiled speech, but I'll teach you about the Father with your eyes unveiled, meaning the Holy Spirit inside of us opening our eyes. I was blind and now I see and now I get it. And I will not need to ask the Father on your behalf. You'll ask him directly because of your new relationship with me. You'll have one with him too. For the Father tenderly loves you. You love me and believe that I've come from God. I came to you, sent from the Father's presence. I entered into the created world and now I will leave and bring you back into him with me. Everything I've taught you is so that peace which is in me will be in you and you will give, you will give, and it will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous for I have conquered the world. Now we are to the last section of this and I'm asking you to close your eyes now and I'm going to pray this just as Jesus did. And I want you to hear his prayer and you will hear my prayer in there too because it's totally overlaid with it. Then Jesus prayed as he looked up into heaven, Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your son so that I will magnify your glory. You've already given me the authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those that you have given me. Eternal life means to know and to experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the son whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth by faithfully doing everything you've told me to do. So my father, restore me back to the glory that we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. Father, I have manifested who you really are and I have revealed you to the men and women that you gave to me. Thank you for the men and women that you gave to me and children all these years, Lord. To me, Kurt Brunk, they were yours and you gave them to me. And they have fastened your word firmly to their hearts. And now at last they know that everything I have is a gift from you. And the very words you gave me to speak, I have passed on to them. They have received your words and carry them in their hearts. They are convinced that I have come from your presence 
and they have fully believed that you sent me to represent you. So with deep love, I pray for Jesus' disciples. I'm not asking on behalf of the unbelieving world for those who belong to you, those you have given me. For all who belong to me now belong to you. And all who belong to you now belong to me as well. And my glory is revealed through their surrendered lives. My glory is revealed through their surrendered lives. My glory is revealed through their surrendered lives. Holy Father, I'm about to leave, but these disciples will remain here. So I ask that by the power of your name, protect each one that you have given me and watch over them so that they will be united as one, even as we are one. While I was with these that you've given me, I have kept them safe by your name, but now I'm returning and I pray that they will experience and enter into my joyous delight in you so that it is fulfilled in them and overflows. For I've given them your message, and this is why the unbelieving world hates them. Their allegiance is no longer to this world. I am not asking that you remove them from the world, but I ask that you guard their hearts from evil, for they no longer belong to this world any more than I do. Your word is truth, so make them holy by the truth. I've commissioned them, and right now, Lord God, I commission every person in this church and you're the one that's actually commissioning them. I'm but your instrument. But every person in this Lake Sam fam, I lay my hands on you right now as instructed by the Lord that you would be commissioned, sent. I've commissioned them to represent me just as you commissioned me to represent you. And now I dedicate myself to them as a holy sacrifice so that they will live as fully dedicated to God and be made holy by your truth. And I ask not only for these disciples, but also for those who will one day believe in me through their message. This has been the verses that have driven this church for 22 years. We came, we, we, this was the first, from the very beginning, I said, this is what this church is about. These verses right here. I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will recognize that you sent me. You sent Jesus, and thank you for sending me. For the very glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me, and now I live fully in them, so that they will experience perfect unity, and the world will be convinced that you have sent me, for they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. Father, I ask that you allow everyone that you have given to me to be with me where I am. Then they will see my full glory, the very splendor you have placed upon me because you have loved me even before the beginning of time. You are my righteous father, but the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that I know you. And all those who believe in me also know that you have sent me. I have revealed them to you. I've revealed to them who you are. And I will continue to make you even more real to them so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me. For your love will now live in them even as I live in them. Go ahead and open your eyes.
We're not quite done. We will be in just a couple of minutes, but I just want to, I don't want to, I want to say what God told me to tell you. There's a couple more things, but I want, I want these words to be what's in your heart. I want these words to feed you and to be life in you and to start coming out of you in rivers of living water so that you would be an expression of everything that was said there to the degree that I have and much more to where you're conformed into his image, Jesus' image. But let me just give you a couple more things. Even though this is the last discourse with just the Lake Sam fam, just the disciples, it was not the last words of Jesus, are they? Because after he was died and risen again, what did he do? He came back and he said a couple more words just right after he was risen again. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, which is primarily what? To love God and love each other. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's how you can do it. And in fact, the very last words that he says to us to be found 40 days later when he ascends, right before he ascends, he says these words. He was eating with them and he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised, as I told you before. You already have the Holy Spirit inside of you, having made you new, but now I wanna give you the Holy Spirit upon anointing and empowering you to do the ministry, the commissioning that I've called you to. And so he says, John baptized with water, but just in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, is this the time for you to come and, and to free Israel and restore our kingdom? And he replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they're not for you to know, but here's the point. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. JJ said, I taught us how to follow the Holy Spirit it is essential that we be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's how we know what he's leading and that's how we're able to follow. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, right here at home, Bellevue, throughout Judea, the east side, in Samaria, Washington, and to the ends of the earth. You see it? So Lake Sam, I want to present to you what comes next. The Holy Spirit having empowered you for Jerusalem. There's Lake Sam. We talked about it a few weeks ago. All those buildings right there, all of that's being redeveloped. Tens of thousands of people moving in there and from all over the world. We can hit the whole world and not leave, a, not leave Bellevue. Sitting in this room is that right now. The world represented even in this room right now. It's just a few people that are here. Extraordinary. This is what we have. Now here's the thing that I had the whole time. This is my last thing. I don't know how many people, I'd have to show you, raise your hand if you were here for Luke. But here's what happened in Luke. We took five or six or seven or 10 or 15, 20 years, I think we took on Luke. 
And when we did Luke, we said that he was going to disciple us like he discipled the people in the book. That was a model for discipleship, and he was going to disciple us. And you remember what we said as an overarching theme? We said, in the first step, what Jesus did was showed people things that they'd never seen before, things that expanded their mind. That's college. You got to see things that are different than what you thought they were, and you get exposed to them, and now it's college. But then what happens? Jesus starts sending them out to do that same stuff. That's your master's level. You still have the protection of covering, but you're being sent out to do master's level stuff. And you remember what I was said the whole time through Luke, what I said over and over and over again. What it means is, is that eventually there'll be a doctoral step. And when you have your doctorate, you are the one who's contributing to the knowledge of the field. And in this instance, what it means is you are the one who is adding to the kingdom. And here's what I wanna say. The professor has to leave so that you'll pick up the mantle and you'll contribute to the kingdom. You'll bring people in, disciple them. I'm gonna say it again. Like Sam, welcome to your mission field. This is what God wants to do. Julie, that's my love letter to you. Summing it up, trying to put a bow on it, what has happened, what God wants to do next. But I did say it was my love letter to you and that would, couldn't end right if we didn't end it with, I love you, only this time it's an agape love. In fact, we love you. I think we're good. You wanna say something? Yeah. Here's what we wanna say to you. It has been the joy of our life to get to pour our lives out into you. Thank you for letting us do that. If you didn't, we couldn't. But you did, and so he did. Thank you for that. I'll love you for eternity. I can't wait to be in heaven with you and have eternity to be together. Lord, in Jesus' holy and precious name, thank you, praise you, all glory unto you. In Jesus' most spectacular name, thank you for making this church be one for 22 years. One with you evermore and one with one another through many iterations. And thank you for doing it in a way that the world really did see you. And so in Jesus' holy and precious name, God, thank you. And with our Lake Sam fam now, we don't have the communion elements before us, but we pick up that cup in our mind. I wish I could hear the crack of those things being broken where we have lived less than the fullness that you have had for us. But by your power, by your might, by your strong right arm, we have actually lived in a remarkable degree of fullness of what you've had for us. And so we take the cup saying, heal us from what we missed 
and thank you for what we have, for what we were given. And then we pick up that cup in our minds of this blood of Christ poured out for us to have the very life that he had in you, with you. And so in Jesus' holy and precious name, thank you, Lord. Praise your name. Thank you, Lord. We want your life. It's so beautiful. Thank you, Lord. I love you, honey. It's an offering time.